Well, praise God. Good evening, everybody. It was a beautiful day today, wasn't it? Oh, just absolutely gorgeous. I don't normally run outdoors, but today I went for a run. Well, I say it was a run. It was kind of a run. Kind of a jog. But it was just absolutely beautiful. Brenda and I kind of live, not kind of, but live out near Coyote Hills. And so that's where I've gone for the last 30 years to just kind of get a little refreshing sometimes. And I didn't make it all the way up to the hills today. But, uh, you know, we live in a great, great area. And it's so wonderful to see the pure sunshine today. Wasn't it awesome? All right. Well, greet a few folks tonight if you want to or if you will. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) I think I know who's going to win the Super Bowl Sunday. I think I do. And uh, I'm not going to tell you who. But I have told a couple of people that... uh, uh, They'll remember, if, especially if the score is what I think it's going to be. Anyway, but it isn't Super Bowl Sunday, it's Supernatural Sunday, right? And uh, February 3rd, first Sunday of the month, we've got communion, amen? Share a little vision on Heart for the House for the rest of the year, and it's going to be a great day. And then Brenda and I will be uh, here on Sunday night. Now, I realize that many people will not be here, but we will be here. And, you know, if the game gets over at 7, come on to church. You know, we'll, we still got an hour. And, uh, and we'll just, you know, rejoice. And so I'm expecting good things all day long in every service. Amen. Saturday morning now, we've got about 123 coming now. Um, Pastor Allen is going to be here from San Mateo, and uh, it's really going to be good. He was sharing with me this afternoon a little bit about what he's going to be sharing, and so be praying for that men's meeting on Saturday morning. It's, I believe it's going to be awesome. And uh, I, I believe that the Lord uh, would just have us to receive an offering uh, for uh, Brother Keith Hershey, here Hershey's ministry. He had his big conference last year, and he'll be here on the 10th, and he's going to preach his keynote message from the conference on We Would See Jesus, it's really going to be good. Uh, but he has various ministries throughout the world, and one is in the Philippines. And uh, so uh, recently, last week, $25,000 came in for the purchase of the land in the Philippines. Amen. I believe it's in Mindanao. And that's good. And uh, I believe it's Mindanao. But he's had a pastor over there for many years, many, many, many years. And Keith goes over there all the time. But now then they want to build an orphanage on that land. And so men, I'm asking every one of you to bring an offering Saturday morning. Okay? Just bring, you know, $5, $10, $100, $1,000, whatever it might be. Just bring an offering. And as the men of God in this church, we're going to sow a seed into the Philippines for uh, that ministry. Amen? And uh, so we're looking forward to having a real, real good time. And of course, he'll be here on the, on the 10th as well, so we'll learn more about it. But I invite you tonight to open your Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're talking about heart expansion. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verse 11 through 13 in the Message Translation. Um, 
while on your way over there and as they're pulling it up, I'm going to read it to you from another translation. But if we could pull up the message. Verse 11, it says, uh, this is the Darby. He says, our heart is open to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is expanded. He says, you are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your affections. But for an answering recompense, I speak as to your children. Let your heart also expand itself. The message translation says, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you and your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open your lives, live openly and expansively. Live openly and expansively. And we've talked for a couple of Wednesdays on this. And last week we looked at Abraham as he went outside. God took him outside the tent and showed him the stars. And he said, so shall your seed be. And uh, so he had to get Abraham to, to look up and to look toward the stars so he could get a word picture so that he could get a vision of what the Lord wanted to do in him and through him. Now look at Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 through 16. Basically the same thing here. This is where Lot is involved. In Genesis 13, verses 14 through 16, the Lord said to Abraham, or Abram, after the Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. For all the land which you see, to thee will I give it, into thy seed forever. In other words, whatever you can see, Abram, that is yours. And so again, he's wanting him to open up his heart. And I believe that what you see and what you look at is a major key to having heart expansion. Now notice with me in verse 16, And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth... Then shall thy seed also be numbered. So what's happening here? He's developing a vision. Here's what's going on. Expansion is taking place. Lift up your eyes and look. This is all designed by the great I am to do what? To create a vision in Abraham. I have a question for you tonight. What do you see when you lift up your eyes? What have you seen from the Holy Spirit? What have you seen when you've stepped outside of the circumstances that so often try to get us to choke and to bog down, be bogged down? What do you see when you go outside on a clear day in the realm of the Spirit? What are your eyes looking upon? I have a question. Are you seeing the right thing? Do you see increase? Do you see promotion? Do you see by his stripes I'm healed? Are you seeing debt free? Are you seeing a bright future? Are you seeing awesome relationships? Are you seeing a godly marriage if you're single? What is it that you see when you lift up your eyes? You see, God has given us two sets of eyes. These outward eyes and these inward eyes. Dr. Cho said it like this. He said, 
show me your vision and I will show you your future. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens on the outside until something first happens on the inside. May the eyes of our heart be flooded with light from the Father of lights. May the eyes of our heart get a glimpse of the glory and the plan and the glorious things He has in store for us individually and corporately as a church and corporately as the body of Christ. See, the Bible, everyone hold your Bible up. The Bible, this Bible, your Bible, it is designed to give you vision. It's designed to give you vision. Yeah, and you can hold up your iPad or your, you know. It all works, right? It's designed to give you vision. Now, the psalmist said this. He said, it is the entrance of your word that gives light. Now, if the word is not entering into the heart of a man or a woman, there is no light. But when the word enters into your heart, light comes. God is light. The word of God is filled with light and filled with understanding. That is why... One of the most important things that Jim Caseman told me when I first got born again, he said basically, Mark, make sure you get the Word of God in you. Get it in you. Because when you get it in you, that is where it all starts. You get it in your spirit, and the things of God work from the inside to the outside. We sing that song, someone on the inside working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Word of God on the inside. It's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. You can never tell what a person has by looking at them outwardly. Because you know what? A lot of things in the realm of the Spirit is a process. And so as you get the Word in you, it begins to work. Hallelujah. It is God's Word all the while at work in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And so I want to encourage you, younger people, older people, middle-aged people, Get the Word of God in you. Because you see, in His light, what you will begin to see is more light. The longer you are in this, and the longer this is in you, the more light you will see, the more clarity you will have about the plan of God. It will be easier for you to receive quicker manifestations the longer you're in the Word and the more the Word is in you. It is just the way that it is. Amen. 
Anybody can go for quick manifestation. Now, in Proverbs 13, verse 9, it says this. The light of the righteous rejoiceth. The light. In other words, when the righteous feed on the word of God, and God's word, which is light, enters into their heart, and they see more light, and they get more clarity, they're not going to be depressed. Word people are not depressed people. Word people are joyful people. Word people are not sad people. Word people are glad people. It is not, he has made me sad. He has made me glad. And the kingdom of God is not me to drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, you see something, and it excites you on the inside. Now, Proverbs, Psalms 15.30, I think it is, no, Proverbs 15.30. Proverbs 15.30. Got so many bottles here, I don't want to keep opening. Okay, let's read it. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones fat. Woo, glory. The light of the eyes, it rejoices the heart. The light of the righteous rejoiceth. Now, when you see light, there is a responsibility to then act on that light. You know? Not everyone has the same level of light. Because not everyone has been in the light as long as other people have. But the more light that you have, the more responsibility you have to walk in the light of what you have. Okay? And that's why we're never to judge anybody, especially those of us who have been around for a while, and we see a person that obviously is doing things that you know are wrong because you've got light. But they may not. And you are only responsible to walk in the light that you have. Now, sooner or later, when the lights come on for that person, they then also will have the responsibility. But we're not to judge people. We're to pray for them. Now, concerning you who have light, look at James chapter 1. And notice in verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, or we could say it like this. Be doers of the word of life, or the light that the word of God has given you. Be doers of the vision that God has shown you. And not hearers only deceiving your own selves 
This is basically saying we're not to be an empty talker, but we are to be a light walker. Doers of the word. Doers of the word. Not hearers only. Now turn over to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. So this word will give us vision. Hallelujah. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no, what? When there is no vision, where there is no revelation, or where there is no light, the people perish. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge or for the lack of light. Okay? Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Now look at the message translation of this. The message translation of Proverbs 29:18 it says if people cannot see what God is doing what happens they stumble all over themselves How many of you have ever gotten up in the middle of the night in the dark to go to the bathroom and there was something on the floor that you forgot to pick up and you stumbled why did you stumble? You stumbled because you couldn't see it. And if people can't see what God who is light is doing, what will happen through life? They'll just stumble all the way through life. Fully saved. Fully loved by God. Fully a son and daughter with a full inheritance in Christ. And yet... No light, just kind of, you know. And that's why so many people are praying for the rapture. Because <laughs> they've been stubbing their toes all these years. And they just kind of been stumbling and fumbling, fully loved now by God and us. Not judging. But they just sort of stumble through life. And then God gets blamed. Well, I don't know how come God to let this happen to me. I don't know how come this happens to me and all these good things happens to them. It might be that the light that they've heard has been acted upon and the light that you have heard has just been rejoiced over, but never really put into practice. So we want to make sure then that's not us. I don't want to be a stumbler. I don't want to be a fumbler. So what is vision? The word vision in Hebrew means to see. It is the idea of having an image so sharp and so clear that you are able to picture something in your heart and something in your mind. It's that, I see it. That's it. I know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. It's that aha moment. I love aha moments. That's the way I felt when I first saw Brenda. I went, aha. 
I know. Because I see. And I see because I'm hooked up with the God who gives vision. He gives vision. And he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't love you more than he loves me. He doesn't love Roy more than he loves Sabrina. In God, we are all very much loved. Amen? But the God of vision will impart vision to you. It may be get an education, become a doctor. We have a doctor back there, two of them. It might be get an education, get a lawyer, be a lawyer. Hope you know, hopefully you won't need to get a lawyer. <laughs> All right, we have a lady over here that went to Georgetown and was in the school of law. See, whatever he tells you to do, do it, but also... When he tells you to do it, the ability for you to do it is there. Because he's licensing you to do it. And when he licenses you to do something, not only does it make it, he make it possible for you to do it, but he provides for you while you're doing it. Isn't that right? I mean, what kind of a God would it be if, we, if he called us to do something? That we couldn't do. Well, I know there's going to be challenges. But you need to do. You need to get I can't and can't do out of your mind. And out of your vocabulary. Success comes in cans. I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. That just thrills me. I don't know about you. If you can see. The invisible, you can do what men say can't be done. Vision, then, is a picture that produces passion. And a vision needs to be revisited regularly. A vision needs to be free from dust. A vision needs to be cultivated, appreciated, and moved in by the power of God. Look at Hebrews 11 in the message translation, verses 8 through 10. Say it with me, I have a vision. vision. You know, your vision might be to educate your grandchildren. Amen? That's a good vision. Your vision might be, to, might be to be a missionary. Now notice in Hebrews chapter 11 and, and uh, verse 8, it says, By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's, to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. But by an act of faith, he lived in the country, promised him, lived as a stranger in tents, Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye 
on an unseen city with real eternal foundations, this city designed and built by God. So Abraham had a vision. He saw something and he kept his eye on it. When you get light, walk in it. How many of you remember when this was a movie theater? Most of you do. How many of you remember coming over here and having prayer meetings when basically it was just a shell? We all came in and we all corporately prayed and we all corporately prophesied that this building would be finished for the glory of God and the glory would rest here. And we all prayed and believed God together. We saw it done even when it was a shell. That's vision. And I'm telling you, it's not just the vision of Mark and Brenda or PT and PK. It's the vision of everybody who sowed seeds, who prayed, who stood in faith all those years. A shell now has become a bright light in the East Bay. That's awesome, guys. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. And you know what? If he'll do it for a bunch like us, I just got the feeling he ain't done with us yet. Now listen, it pays for you to have people along with you in the vision that God gives you. And that's why you want to share it with trusted confidants, close friends, people that you're in relationship with, and begin to pray about it. Because I'm telling you, there's power in agreement. There's just something about hooking shields and just coming into agreement in prayer that is absolutely awesome. He said, if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it will be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So the question I have for you tonight is, what do you see? What are you seeing? You'll never see something until you see something. There's too many people going out and trying to seize things that they haven't seen. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain that build it. But when the Lord directs the building of the house, woo, glory, you can enter in and be at peace and live in joy. Look with me, if you would, at Jeremiah chapter 29. So heart expansion. We're expanding our hearts. I pray, Father, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding. I pray for heart expansion for every one of us here tonight. Lord, help us to embrace the grace that you have so freely given us. Lord Jesus, may we comprehend. I wonder, can your heart... Grasp things that your head can't. I believe it can. That we may be able to comprehend with all saints the breadth, length, depth, height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. When something's full, that means there's no room for nothing else. All right. Jeremiah 29, 11, first of all, in the message translation. 
Message translation says, I know what I'm doing. Aren't you glad he does? You ever been some point in life where you're just not sure what you're doing? Well, God says, I know what I'm doing. And I have it all planned out. From before the foundation of the world, I have it all planned out. God knew who I was going to marry. If you would have said when I was 16 years old that I was going to marry a farm girl from Oklahoma, I would have said, I don't think so. (laughs) Really? I mean, who'd have thunk it? He does out beyond what we thunk. Right? I mean, look at Valentina and her husband there. Who would have thunk that? Where are you from, Valentina? She's from the Ukraine. Where are you from? Baltimore. Oh, Raven fan. (laughs) Who would have ever thought? How does that happen? That God supernaturally connects someone from the Ukraine and someone from Baltimore. It's God. And it's good. And whatever God has for you is always good. The plan of God is good. Say that with me. The plan of God is good. I like that. I know what I'm doing. Thank you, Lord. You know what you're doing. Because there's days I'm not sure what I'm doing. (laughs) I know what I'm doing, and I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you and not abandon you, not fail you, not leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any way, assuredly not, leave you nor forsake you, leave you without support nor abandon you. I have got you. That's what God says. I won't abandon you. Now notice this, plans to give you the future you hope for. Whatever you do, don't listen to the doomsday people. Don't get on that train. It's sooner or later is going to end up in a wreck. Train wreck. Doomsday. Everything's going to get dark. America's going to go to hell. We're doomed. You know, hey, as long as God is on the throne, I don't know about you, but I ain't doomed. For me to be doomed, God would have to be doomed. And I believe that you believe the same thing. Amen. So I'm not going to sweat it. All right. Now, to give you the future you hope for. Now, look at the NIV. The New International Version. This is good food tonight. Look at the NIV. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is what the Lord is declaring. Did you know the context of this? I just really saw that today. I've been preaching this for years. But the context of Jeremiah chapter 29, he's talking to the children of Israel. And they are in Babylonian captivity. And he's saying, look, I got you guys. Because after 70 years, you're coming out 
of Babylonian captivity. And don't you lose heart and don't you get discouraged because I know what I'm doing. I didn't put you in captivity, but I'm the God who takes you out of captivity and will still give you a purpose for your life. So if you've been bound by something, take heart and don't be discouraged. The God of the universe says, I got you. I got a plan for you. Maybe you've wasted years and years and years, but the God of God says, I will restore unto you the years that the locust has eaten. It just kind of felt good to get that out. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. It may not look too great today, but don't you give up. And don't you be discouraged. If you need to make some adjustments, I believe that the Holy Spirit will show you what adjustments you may need to make. And He can take you out of the situation you're in. He says, because I have you. I have plans to prosper you. And I'm not here to hurt you. I have plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's something to thank God for. Because do you know how many people outside of these walls are walking around with tombstones in their eyes? I know you've been out there. I know you've seen. I was out yesterday at various places throughout the Bay Area doing different things. And, and just, you know, wow. People are hurting. And we have the answer. And you know what his name is? His name is Jesus. But don't let yourself slip into that same mold. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed. Be changed. Now, there are three things that will help you to enlarge your vision. There are three things that will help you to become a person of vision. Number one. Turn to Psalm 136, and I want to look at this in God's Word translation. That's GWT, God's Word translation. Number one, here is a major, major key. How do we start this out tonight? The entrance of His Word, what? Gives light. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Thy words were found, and I did... And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. This word is designed to be eaten. This word is designed to be fed on. There are things in the old covenant that you can feed on that will absolutely encourage your faith. So number one, if you want to have expansion of heart, and if you want to have a large vision, number one, feed on the bigness of your God. Feed on the bigness of God. And I love the 136 Psalms, so I'm just going to read a few verses. It says, Give thanks to the Lord because He is good, because His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods because His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords because His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the only one who does miraculous things because His mercy endures forever. Now, give thanks to the one who made the heavens by His understanding 
because His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the one who spread out the earth on the water because His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the one who made the great lights because His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the God who made the sun to rule by day, the moon and the stars to rule by night. Give thanks to the one who divided the Red Sea because His mercy endures forever. You see, what we're doing right now is we're feeding on the bigness of God. This afternoon when I was reading Psalm 136, I just about got raptured, giving thanks to God for all that He did. And then I started putting in things in my own story. Give thanks to the God who has delivered me from the power of darkness, translated me into the kingdom of His dear Son. Give thanks unto the God of gods who keeps me, who blesses me, who causes me to triumph. Give thanks to the God who parted the Red Sea. That's a big God. Think, give thanks to the God who caused Jericho's walls to fall. Give thanks to the God who raised Lazarus from the dead. The sun, the moon, the stars. You can just get out on a beautiful day and you can just behold God all around you by his creation. Go out to the ocean on a clear day and look at it over a cliff. Don't jump. (laughs) But just behold your God. Man, that's awesome. I can remember when my sons were born. I can remember when John was born. Back in September of 1979 at Rice Memorial Hospital in Wilmer, Minnesota. I was scheduled to speak that night at a full gospel businessman's service about 40 miles away. And I'll be honest with you. Though I wasn't in the ministry for money, when you don't have any money, you don't like to miss services. And so I was wondering, now, Brenda, when are you going to have that baby? (laughs) Not a smart thing to say. Well, I missed the service and glad I did. And then John was born. And I'm sure that many of you experienced the same thing. But in that room, it got real holy. It was just like the glory was there. The anointing was there. And I held that little boy and my baby in my arms. And we started praying and thanking God for him. God's creation. Wow. Born through Mark and Brenda Thomas, but sent from above. I'm telling you, the presence of God was there. And when you get close to God's creation, and you're thankful, and you start showing appreciation, true appreciation, and leave the whine and the complaining and the baby stuff behind, you'll sense His presence. In you stronger 
day by day. So give thanks to the God who put you guys together. Isn't that awesome? Give thanks to the God who put food on the table. Give thanks to the one who leads his people through the desert because his mercy endures forever. He gives food to every living creature because his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven because his mercy endures. Does anybody have a story to tell? Does anybody have a testimony to tell? Can you prophesy of something good that the Lord has done for you? Woo, it ought to be told. It ought to be shouted. It ought to be shared. It ought to be prophesied. This is what my God did. Yesterday we went to a hospital down in Mountain View to visit a man that had quadruple surgery. Uh, last Thursday, and uh, he had a little complication today, but he's all right. But he said that he'd been up walking around and walking around, and the doctor just looked at him, and he says, I don't believe you. The doctor was astounded at how quickly he recovered. And how quickly, and I'm not a doctor, but how quickly all those things came together that needed to come together in his heart. When Brenda and I walked in the hospital room, he was sitting up with a big old smile on his face. (laughs) He could hardly wait to tell us what the Lord had done. We shouted, we praised, we thanked God. And then Brenda and I walked out and I could hear him still shouting and praising at the end of the hall. He was giving thanks to God. Somebody said, yeah, but he he had surgery. Yeah, but he's alive. And there's the miracle of medicine. Hallelujah. God uses every avenue possible he can to make sure that his people are whole. That's how good our God is. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you shout with me tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your story in there. Tell it. Hallelujah. Secondly, and the second and third point are very short, but secondly, get involved with the vision bigger than your own. Help somebody else. Make Heart of the Bay your vision. Corporately, become a partner, become a member. Our attitude ought to be about Heart of the Bay. This is my church and this is my vision. This is not pastor's church. This is our church. Buy in then and take ownership of the vision along with the rest of us. Amen. Amen. Then thirdly, if you haven't seen anything yet, you don't have light yet and you're looking for it, just chill out. God's an on-time God. If you don't know what you're called to do yet, chill. If you don't know where you're supposed to serve in the church, relax. And do whatever your hand finds to do. Can you pray? Can you be friendly? Can you you smile? Can you be welcoming? 
everyone can make and buy in division. And thirdly and lastly, I want you to stand up because we're going to make some confessions. Here's an important thing. Confess. Say with your mouth. Believe it in your heart that I am a person of vision. Somebody says, well, I've been sidetracked. I'm on the sidelines. Not for long, you're not. I believe God is going to do some things in your life. Say it with me. I am. I I do. Make a quality decision today to become a person of vision. I declare I am a person of vision. I see myself as a person of vision. I am lifting up my eyes. I am lifting up my sights. Toward you. I will dare. To explore. This land. Called vision. I am. A man or woman. Of vision. Now let's just pray just for a moment. Father in the name of Jesus. Let your vision be clear. And once your vision is seen and is clear, let us move at once and possess the land. Let us not drop back in unbelief or fear, but let us move in. And let us move toward the fulfillment of all that you have. For your plan is good and your plan is great. Jesus upbraided his disciples Because of the hardness of heart. And he said, guys, you need to get rid of that. He rebuked them sharply. Because there's a fulfillment of the great commission. You must go into all the world. Every one of us are ambassadors for him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.